Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Friday, July 22nd, 2022. And our top story today is an extension of the student loan repayment pause likely. Well, joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Betsy Mayotte is the president and founder of the Institute of Student Loan Advisors. Betsy, so good to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Nice to see you again, too. And, it, and I hope you're having a great summer. And I love when your cats walk across. The, you know, I'm a cat lover, so I love when they walk across the screen. I hope they're doing well. Um, okay, so we've got a, some important... Alice is like, actually, Alice is sitting right here. She's not walking across the screen. She's she's, she's watching from a safe distance. Well, she's trying to fi- find out the latest on student loans, I'm sure. Uh, but she's probably a smart kitty and did not accrue any student loans. Okay, so let's talk about this payment, the end of the payment pause. Um, we've talked about this, that, you know, this is, this is coming. Um, we don't know if it's going to be pushed back because of the recession and some of the inflationary challenges, but what's the latest on this payment pause? Break it down for us. So, uh, as of right now, payments on most federal student loans are due to resume on August 31st. That's about six weeks away. Uh, There's a lot of speculation over whether they will extend the pause further, partly due to the state of the economy. Mostly the speculation is around because do they want people resuming payments within a couple months of midterms? Would that be political suicide (laughs) for the the Democrats? Um, The chatter I'm hearing right now, I'm about 70 30 that they actually will extend it another few months and it's actually not for either one of those reasons uh there are a lot of balls in the air right now we have the public service loan forgiveness temporary waiver that's due to end in october we have the newer waiver around income driven repayment plans that hasn't even been launched yet but supposed to be launched this fall we have the what we heard is called fresh start which will give all defaulted borrowers an opportunity for a fresh start. Uh, we have some a big package of proposed new regulations that just came out, and we have another one and a third one that we're expecting to come out over the next couple of months. So it's for those reasons that I am leaning more towards for rather than against them extending the pause um, another few months. So, so Betsy, if I am a holder of a student, a federal student loan. And the, I know just right now, August, uh, in August, that pause ends. But leaning 70-30, hearing from an expert, someone who's in the know that it could be extended. I mean, what do you do? I mean, you're ultimately going to have to repay the loan at some point, whether it's in August, October, 2023, 2024. I, you don't see this being wiped, this debt being wiped off completely. So people are going to have to pay this loan. Yeah. I mean, I think if they do extend it, we can expect payments to resume the first of the year. That's, that's, you know, pure speculation on my part. That's what my gut says. You know, the, the short answer is uh, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. As far as August goes, uh, you know, make sure you know who holds your loan. Something that's happened over the past two years. This has been a lot of transition. Yep 
with who's servicing the loan. So go to studentaid.gov, make sure that who was your servicer still is, and if not, who they are and how to get in touch with them. Make sure that servicer has all your contact information and open all your mail uh, to make sure you don't miss when that deadline happens. Uh, and finally, make sure that you can afford your payment once payments do resume. And if you can't, uh, figure out which payment plan and apply for whatever payment plan is best going to suit your long-term student loan management. Let's talk a little bit about the payment plan. And, and you know, you mentioned it. I said it at the outset. There's inflation. Uh, rents are going up. Uh, so the cost of living in general is going up. Consuming more of individuals' budgets. A very different world from where, from where we were even three years ago pre-COVID. Um, even a year ago, very different world. Um, let's talk a little bit about the payment plans. I, I know there are many, many iterations, but things that you need to be thinking about. It. Number one, I have to think that you made this point, communication, reaching out to your serv- your, 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 uh, the, the person who services your loan, the individuals that service your loan to figure out a payment strategy, right? I mean, you don't just put your head in the sand like an ostrich and walk away. Right. I mean, the people I find, you know, the name of the game, Jeff, is spending the least amount over time. Um, And, you know, for some people, that means pursuing a loan forgiveness program. For others, that means paying their loans off as aggressively as possible. For still others, it's something in the middle. Whoever servicing your loans is in the best place to know which plans you're eligible for and in talking to them, which ones might best suit your long-term goals and your budget. There's also some great tools out there. If you go to studentaid.gov or our website, freestudentloanadvice.org, there's some calculators. Uh, the one at the Department of Ed's website is called the Loan Simulator, where you can just plug your numbers in once and it will spit out for you uh, all the different payment plans you're eligible for, what the monthly payment plan will be under each, and more importantly, an estimate of how much you'd pay out of pocket over time if you stayed on that plan. Uh, last question before we go to commercial ba- break, Betsy. You know, it's the summer. Uh, kids may be going on tours, college tours, or maybe planning college tours. Let's not forget that interest rates went up uh, or are going up. That we see that being signaled by the Federal Reserve, uh, the Federal Reserve Board. Um, let's talk about future student loans. Anything um, that people should be thinking about if they are thinking of taking either a federal student loan or a private student loan for their kid going off to school, maybe not this fall, but the fo- following fall, or themselves, not just the kids, could be an adult, could be someone like me in their 50s. Right, um, well, a couple things. Federal student loans, um, the interest rates are fixed and they're set by Congress and they are somewhat based, they are based uh, on the economic situation. So people taking out a loan this year are going to have a higher interest rate than they would have. Yeah, Alice's tail has made an appearance. Um, are going to have a higher interest rate on that loan than someone who took out a loan last year. Private student loans tend to be variable, and some of them can have a pretty high cap. So uh, you, if you're trying to compare private loans versus federal loans, first of all, the interest rate shouldn't be the only thing that you look at. Uh, federal student loans have a lot more opportunities for relief uh, and forgiveness than private loans do. So you want to keep that in mind as well. Um, the other thing is, I'd love to see more people, 
that do have to take out student loans get in the habit of paying at least some of the interest that's accruing while they're in school. That tip, even if you can't pay all the interest that's accruing per month, even $10 a month can save you a lot of money in the long run. Yeah, really, really sound advice. I mean, it's just like if you're buying a home or buying a vehicle or any other large purchase, if you start paying earlier, it, it just saves you money over the long run. Betsy, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about some interest rate changes. I'm not referring to the interest rate. I'm talking about to the capitalization of interest on student loans. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers. This free book reveals little-known secrets about annuity strategies that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. Call right now for your free book. And as a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report, both absolutely free, for calling Annuity General today. Call 800-504-8194. Welcome back. We're talking this morning to Betsy Mayotte. She's the president and founder of the Institute of Student Loan Advisors. Betsy, thanks as always for sticking with us this morning. Yeah, no problem. I'm happy to be here. And I'm, I'm hoping that the all of Alice makes an appearance uh, on the program uh, during this segment. So we'll see if she's she's up to it. Let's talk about some of the, I, I alluded to it in going to commercial, capitalized interest and how that is being um, handled may be changing. First, let's, let's start with the basics. So for someone like myself who's slow on the uptake sometimes, may not understand, what are we talking about here? What's the concept? Yeah, so this is an area that I find causes a lot of confusion with consumers. So, <coughs> excuse me, interest on federal student loans, and most consumer loans for that matter, accrues on a daily basis off of whatever your outstanding principal balance is. 
What it doesn't do is compound daily. So for federal student loans, let's say, let's say you owe $10,000 and you're accruing a dollar a day in interest off of that 10 grand. So on day one over here, you've got your $10,000 principal balance. And over here on its own little column, you have a dollar. And then on day two, you'll have 10 grand and $2. And then on day 30, you'll have 10 grand and $30. Um, interest capitalization happens. There are right now many different situations that can cause the interest that's over here to be added over here. So if on day 30, one of these events occurs, on day 31, you'll have $10,030 over here, and maybe now you're accruing $1.05 a day. So interest capitalization is bad in that you're accruing interest off of interest, and in all likelihood, it's going to cause you, cause the loan to be more expensive for you. And, and obviously, that has an impact over time in terms of what you earn, what you can put away, what you can spend on other important things. So is this going to be eliminated, or is there at least a bill or regulation that is uh, put forward to eliminate this problemsome Provision. Yeah, yeah. So I'm super excited about this. Um, so there's a process that the Department of Education has to go through if they want to make changes to regulations. It's called negotiated rulemaking. We call it NEGREG. Um, and a package of draft regulations came out a couple weeks ago. And one of the draft proposals in there eliminates every instance where interest would normally capitalize that can be eliminated. So uh, the Department of Education is not allowed to change federal law. So there's a few interest capitalization situations that are written into federal law. So those are gonna stay put unless and until Congress decides to change the law. But the, I would say 70 or 80% of the situations that today would cause interest to capitalize um, is in all likelihood going to go away by next summer. And so that's really going to be very beneficial to borrow. So for example, right now, if you change repayment plans, if there's interest over here, it's going to be capitalized. Uh, right now, if you utilize uh, a forbearance, when you come out of the forbearance, the outstanding interest is going to capitalize. Those, are, those would be going away under this proposal. What would still stick around because it's written in law is if you utilize a deferment, say an unemployment deferment or so on. If interest accrues, if you have unsubsidized loans and they accrue interest that and don't pay it during the deferment, that will still capitalize. But again, the majority of those instances would be going away by next summer under this proposal. Betsy, you read the, you've read the 750 page documents. Uh, you you uh, confess that to me and I'm bringing, I'm, I'm outing you, I guess, in, in a way. Uh, do you know the savings? What, what, what would this change mean, just ballpark, in terms of savings to, to student loan borrowers? It seems like, though, you know, the difference between a dollar and a dollar five or a dollar ten is only five cents or ten cents. That, that adds up. I mean, any, any idea on the, what the, the net savings could be? I mean, for uh, for some borrowers, uh, it could be thousands and thousands of dollars over the life of their loan. Um, I haven't done the math. I probably should try to do the math to come up with a long term example. Um, but it, especially borrowers with higher balances that maybe have had to be on a negative amortization type of payment plan, 
This could easily work out to thousands of dollars in savings over the life of the loan. And lastly, the effective date. Uh, this goes through to eliminate that capitalization of interest. Is it January 1st? How, how does that, that, that work? So the way NAGREG works is the if the Department of Education can publish the final version of the rules by November 1st, then they can make it effective by the following July 1st. Okay. Now, there are some situations where they will do what we call early implementation. Um, because of the significant programming changes that are involved in this, I expect this won't be implemented until July 1st, 2023. Could be a little couple months earlier, but if I, if I were a betting woman, I would say July 1st, 2023. Yeah, well, a lot of good information today, Betsy. And I think we're going to have to wait and see what we'll to check in with you next month on what happens with the pause on student loan payments. Going to be an interesting summer. It always is. Betsy Mayotte, always a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Sounds good. Thank you. That wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest security news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, we'll visit our website and our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRN Weekly. We'll be taking a look back at some of our best segments for the week. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, Roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts, so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device. Are you being audited? And do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Is the IRS threatening to take more of your money? Don't fight the IRS alone. The Tax Doctor is here to help you negotiate your tax bill and reduce your stress. The IRS can freeze your assets and seize your bank accounts, but you can stop these IRS actions. The Tax Doctor will work with you using our years of experience to represent your case to help you get the best resolution under the IRS guidelines. Help is here to deal with the IRS to reduce your stress. We've handled thousands of cases, so we know what we're doing. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, do not call the IRS alone. Call a Tax Doctor now for a tax emergency analysis. Call 800-224-6439.